I have never had a child ever leave who could not read at least a step one book all the way up through a step six book. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. I've had at least 15 students who have increased more than four grade levels. He used theater as a tool to make great human beings. My expectations are high for all of them. One of the things that I really love about teaching is the fact that every day is sort of unique and different and strange. In February of 2020, a group of students sued the state of California because they couldn't read proficiently. The students won the case and were awarded $53 million. The money will be used by the state's 75 lowest performing elementary schools. Students in other states began following suit, no pun intended, which has states and school districts all over the country scrambling to examine their literacy instruction, practices, and curriculums. Previously popular programs like Lucy Calkins, Units of Study, Fountas and Pinnell, Ready Gen, and Balanced Literacy are being removed from state-approved lists, and in some states are even being banned. So with literacy being such a hot topic, we were anxious to talk to some reading teachers about evidence-based resources that are yielding encouraging outcomes and that have received high approvals on ed reports. We found two teachers excited to tell us about decodable books. Allison Martinez from the Burbank School District in California comes from a family of educators and has been teaching kindergarten for 29 years. So she has seen a lot of things come and go. Allison Martinez, welcome to the Ed Curation Podcast today. We appreciate you being here on a Friday afternoon after teaching all week. That's crazy. 30 years as a kindergarten teacher, there is some kind of special crown waiting for you somewhere (laughs) for sure. You came to share Express Readers with our listeners. And before you tell us a little bit more about that, talk about what problem or what need this addressed. Well, for me personally, it addressed the fact that in all the years I have taught, what I never loved teaching was reading. What I loved teaching was math. I never felt like we had anything that was really great to teach kids how to read. And I never felt like we had anything that children loved. And I never loved the resources we had or the books that we had. Um, And so I just, I didn't think it was fun, which of course it's hard to get kids excited about something when you're not having fun yourself. And then we went to a conference (laughs) and we ran into Elise and express readers. And I stood in front of her booth and I read every book she had multiple times. We kept leaving and coming back and leaving and coming back. And I was laughing and I was smiling and they were stories. And I went, this I want to use. This I want to teach. This children will love. And I know they will because I think like a five-year-old. So on the spot, um, I was very close to our superintendent of elementary education, and I literally called him from the conference on a Saturday (laughs) and said, can we pilot this program? We have to have it. And I'm not getting off the phone until you say yes. And for the first time, I loved teaching reading. 
Hmm. And they loved reading. Kelly Spinks, another kindergarten teacher from the Los Angeles Valley, also had a similar gap in terms of finding quality resources to build a solid literacy foundation for emerging readers. We didn't really have a very good beginning phonics program. Um, The curriculum that we used was really heavy in sight words and the phonetic books uh, for the beginning readers were pretty boring and repetitive and didn't really offer much in terms of comprehension. So we definitely um, had a need for something like express readers. Okay. And so for those listeners um, like myself who probably haven't heard of express readers, don't know exactly what it is. Can you just paint a picture for us of what exactly is this resource? Is it comprehensive, supplemental? What grade levels is it for? And how do you use it in a classroom? It's a phonics resource. Um, It has tons of engaging phonetic readers, which are usually pretty hard to find when you're limited to CBC words or when kids are just starting to read. Oftentimes the content and comprehension is is very boring and repetitive, Mm -hmm. Um, where Express Readers, it has really engaging phonetic readers, games, and workbooks that the kids love. Um, They have There's colorful readers, little books with colorful illustrations, um, funny characters. Kids can tear them and take them home and read them again again to their parents. They can highlight spelling patterns and phonics patterns. Um, They can write in the book. They can color the illustrations. Um, And there's also comprehension questions that go along with each of the readers, um, which is, you know, something that I found pretty limited for beginning phonics as well. Um, So it's wonderful. There's like kids get to decide um, first they read sentences to see if they go along and then make an illustration to go along with them. So you can really take comprehension out of those sentences. Um, There's a true or false page where the kids look back in the story and decide, did this happen or did this not happen? Um, And then we like to extend it and have the kids cite the page where they can find the information as well. Um, And there's a sequencing page. And then there's also typically a spelling page in the comprehension packet. Um, and then there's also one of the kids' favorite things is there's um, readers theaters that go along with a lot of the stories. So even as early as kids who are reading consonant vowel consonant words, um, they can practice reading with expression and do a readers theater in front of their reading group or class. And they have so much fun with it. Readers theater is the best. Having that as an option for beginning readers. I mean, it's so much fun for them. They love it. It builds their confidence. It grows their fluency very, very fast. Um, And so like even some of my kids who, you know, were struggling with fluency, I think that having that as a resource and being able to read it over and over and over again, it pushed them a lot further than um, just having a, a simple book that you would read over and over again. So what is, so describe your reader's theater experience for me. Like what, what is the story? What are the kids doing? Tell us about it. Okay. Well, so last year we had, it was during COVID and we were Zoom teaching, right? And, and so we'd have a small reading group. We'd assign them their lines. They'd go home and they'd get dressed up in whatever costume they wanted to bring to our Zoom meeting. And then they would um, develop, like they'd build a set maybe out of a shoebox or it, we were trying to like make it fun and hands-on since, you know, they were Zooming from home and yeah, yeah. <laughs> tricky when you're in kindergarten. And then they would just come and we just, they, they'd read their lines filled with expression and they'd be so excited and proud. Um, here at school, the reader theater usually will just have them, they'd be practice their lines, you know, again and again throughout the week, they'll practice with a partner. Um, they'll give each other tips on how they might want to say the line based on the content of the line. 
Um, you know, should they sound really excited? Should they emphasize any words? Uh, and then they perform it in front of either their small group, another small reading group, or or the class. Okay. And some sometimes we'll do a, a bigger performance and we'll record it and send it to their parents, mm-hmm. or other times it'll just be like a small one to just practice reading for expression. What I heard about over and over again talking with these teachers was the dearth of quality engaging materials prior to finding express readers. The readers were really, really dull. The kids don't weren't engaged to them. They would read them, but it wasn't like they were excited. You know, the kids will laugh out loud when they're reading these books. They think it's funny, like Bugs Always Hungry. There's these speech bubbles in the book. Like the kids really love these readers. And when you are so limited in the words that you can include in a story, it's hard to craft a story with a good plot or relatable characters, but somehow these books have them. Um, but yeah, the curriculum we had before was a lot more like the cat can jump. It jumps. The cat sat on the rug and really not much of a story to engage with. Allison reiterated Kelly's experience in how easy it has been to differentiate for all the different reading levels in her classroom. We have used everything in our kindergarten class. We have used the TK program with some of our kids. Um, This year I'm using a lot of it because this is probably one of the lowest classes I've had in a long time probably due to the fact that none of these children have ever stepped foot out of their house. Um, And then I've had some incredibly high readers where I use the second grade program. I use the second grade books, the second grade ideas, um, and they were able to do them all. Mm. So it really, it, whether you have children who, you know, don't know a single letter in the alphabet or you have children who are reading Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. everything in between is there for you. So Allison, something you said really resonated for me because I was originally certified K-6. I, I later went on to teach secondary, but um, I was originally certified K-6. And I and a lot of my colleagues, we just weren't taught to teach reading. And so, you know, we felt like you, we didn't like it because you can't, you don't like doing something that you don't feel successful at and that you don't feel like you can offer your students success with. And I later became a literacy coach. And I heard that from teachers all across the country that either one, they weren't taught to teach reading or that they didn't feel like they have had resources that helped them do it effectively. Or the resources weren't any good. Yeah. I mean, you can only read Jim sat, Kim sat. Yeah. So many times. So explain to our listeners, what is a decodable reader? What even is this that you're talking about with express readers? What do they provide? So the decodable texts in, in all of her books, which are very sequential in what they are taught and how they are taught. The only words in the books are either sight words, which she calls sticky words because they're words you get stuck on, which I think is a very cute way of calling them. And then everything else in the book is decodable, starting with all CDC words. So all of step one is just CDC words and sticky words. And there's all kinds of activities to do with the readers, like highlighting the sticky words over and over and over again. All of the decodable text, all of the CDC words come in couple cards and there are easily 25 different games that we play with all of those. 
So they are constantly sounding out and using um, their knowledge of sound letter correspondence and then blending them together and segmenting them. And since she started doing what she calls daily dues, this is all on the screen teaching children very specific ways to sound things out or to hear things, starting with just being able to hear two words that are the same and the two words that are different, mm -hmm. which never in my career did I think that there was a child who couldn't tell you that cat and cat were the same and cat and dog were different. Just, just hearing the words. Right. Um, so it was actually very interesting to see at the beginning of this year it, that they really didn't necessarily mm -hmm. hear the difference. And all of those build on top of each other. We have a big screen in our room and we do it all that way. And the kids love them. And it teaches onset and rhyme. It teaches blending. It teaches segmenting. It teaches syllables, all of those things. So by the time we get to a book, even though they always pick up a book and say, I can't read, they immediately open the book and start to read because they can read Yeah, using the the practice pages and using the toolkit, which has all of the books in it, which in the beginning is just the vowel books. All of that sets them up so beautifully. So by the time we actually enter step one and we do, do bag has a hut, they are already, they can already sound everything out and they are already reading. It sounds like this is a comprehensive reading program. This is not a supplemental resource or just, you know, independent reading books. This is a full reading, a program for teaching. This reading. is a full reading program for all intents and purposes. We use express readers for our entire reading program. And the first year we used it up until this year, I have never had a child ever leave who could not read at least a step one book all the way up through a step six book. Yeah. And so that is going to have repercussions because you're not going to have those sixth and seventh grade teachers saying they don't have, they're getting kids that can't decode. That's just not going to be an issue for them anymore. No. Um, so you didn't teach, you weren't the reading teacher prior to this because you had a half and half, but what, what were you using prior to finding express readers for teaching reading? whatever the district, whatever the curriculum was for the district, we made a lot of things ourselves. We found a lot of things online and now we don't have to do any of it. In terms of having to make things to go with express readers, there is nothing. There is nothing that needs to be made. It is all made. And if it isn't made, you call Elise. I called her one day and I said, would you mind if I made cards that said, I'm so smart, I can read Bug Has a Hut with the titles of her books. And she said, oh, you don't have to make those. I'll do it. And literally within 72 hours, every title was done and made and sent back. You had them. So that says there's, a lot about yes, it. if you find something you want, that's not already there, she'll, she'll get it there. <laughs> she'll get it. And just for our listeners, Elise is the, Elise Lovejoy is the creator founder. She works with her, a team of teachers all across the country to continually improve and expand the program. And they're very close from what I understand to getting a green rating on ed reports, which is yes. rare. 
Kelly had stories to add about how Easy Express readers has been to work with and the responsiveness of founder Elise Lovejoy. I think part of the fact that she was a teacher before she created the curriculum, she's very like sensitive to teacher issues. You know, she knows that some teachers get around and have a lot of tools in their toolbox and they might not want to follow a teacher's guide. And she knows that other teachers are have a very comfortable space in the teacher's guide. And so she, she kind of, it works both ways, right? Like I personally don't follow the teacher's guide. It actually didn't exist when we first started piloting it. You know what I mean? But now there's so many different like game suggestions and options, and you can do a day by day planner. If you want to follow the teacher's guide, there's so many resources that I don't even think we take advantage of, you know, just because there's so much out there with the curriculum. Um, But even if it's, even without the games and all the fun stuff, even if it was just the readers and the comprehension packet and the reader's theater, mm-hmm. you know, I'd still take it over the other curriculums that I've worked with. Up until COVID hit, I was going with Elise to the conferences and helping her at all the conferences. And I, anyone who walked up, I would just say to them, I don't actually work for her. I don't make any money I'm off of this. I'm just a teacher <laughs> who loves it. And I'm here to tell you it really is that good that I'm here free of charge, just telling you this is how good it is because I love the program and really everyone should be using as as far as I'm concerned. How long have you been using it in your district? So the first group that did this has to be in fourth grade now. Okay. So five, maybe six years. So you've been using it long enough to speak to outcomes and you did share a little bit about how you haven't had a single student leave your class without being able to read at least a level one. Can you, do you have any quantitative data about how outcomes have improved um, around reading in those five years? I can tell you because we use her online assessment. So within our own classes, I can, I could show you growth. No one has left not reading, which is, which never, ever happened before. Kelly reported similar outcomes with her students. So right now, the majority of our students, almost every single one is fluent with consonant, vowel, consonant readers by the end of the school year. Um, And then many of the kids, probably a majority of them go on to becoming fluent with consonant blends and digraphs. And then there's always a group of kids who are also fluent with long vowels as well in terms of reading and spelling, you know? So it's, that's a great deal higher than they were before. It should be interesting this year because I had so many children come in with knowing no letters and no sounds. Yeah. Because which is very unusual, mm-hmm. really. I mean, we usually more than half the class knows all their letters and all their sounds, or at least most of them. They've been in preschool prior to kindergarten. They've been in preschool. They've been in TK. They've been in daycare. And these kids have been nowhere. Nowhere. I can tell you that from the beginning of the year, when we did the first assessment, where a good third of my class had zeros across the board in everything. Um, Nobody does. They all have anywhere from 10 letters and sounds all the way up to, I have a couple who know 24 out of 26 um, and way more than half of the sounds. We have a lot of second language learners that speak Armenian. And this year I have seven kids who speak Russian, which is the most I've ever had. We use the couple cards to do a lot of rhyming activities Um, So not just reading CBC words, but just pulling a whole bunch of cards and mixing them up and making the pairs of things that rhyme. 
So that has been very helpful. I only had one child who was reading when she came in mm-hmm. and she was, she's ready to be in the second grade program. Okay. But the other wonderful thing about Elisa's program is even kids who come in reading just because they can read and comprehend doesn't mean they haven't missed things along the way, especially children who just magically learn how to read and nobody really knows how it happens. So sometimes with those children who really can read anything, what they can't do necessarily is sound out anything when they come to something they don't know because they don't have all the rules. They don't know all the rules of the blends or the digraphs or our controlled vowels or vowel teams. And with her assessment, you find exactly where they are. And then that's where they start. So through the assessment that we just did with the kids, my entire class is a step one, except for this one little girl who's in a step three. Okay. So this is kindergarten through third grade. The program is TK through two. Okay. TK through two. Perfect. Um, And what teachers would you suggest check this out? Because you called your superintendent who gave the okay for a, basically a district-wide purchase. But if there's a teacher listening and they just think, well, we're not up for adoption and I just want this for my kids, is can, I, can any teacher get it? Any teacher can get it. If you're a Title I school, I would go to your principal and ask about Title I money because it is approved for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably one of the easier ways to get it. You also can, she will work with you in an a la carte way. So it's not like purchasing the entire program. You can purchase parts of it and then pilot it that way yourself. And then the the proof is kind of in once you've used it and, you know, you send 24 kindergartners off who are all reading, that's a pretty impressive number. And we do have an enormous amount of second language learners. Um, and some of them really beginners who don't speak a single word of English when they walk in the door and even they left reading. Yeah, that is so impressive. I have one more question for you, Allison. Um, so it's obvious why you love it as a teacher and all of the things that it's doing for your classroom and learning. Tell me what students favorite thing is about it. Well, their favorite thing is bug. Okay. Bug is on every page of every book. Um, like big books, little books, everything. So they, and there's only two books actually about bug, but he's in every book on every page. So they love bug and they love looking for him. Um, The books are all funny. Something I didn't mention is that the vocabulary in the books is also incredible, partially because she, she only uses things that they have been taught within her program. Mm -hmm. So the word smile wouldn't be there until you hit silent E and blends. So probably step three or four, you might get the word smile. However, in step one, there's the word grin. And they don't necessarily know what a grin is. Mm -hmm. Or the bug has a hut is the first book. They don't even know what a hut is. Frog feels glum in one of the books. So even the vocabulary they learn, and then they like, then, then they love using that, yeah. you know, instead of using the word sad, I'll have somebody come up and say, Miss Martinez, I, I'm feeling glum. <laughs> so they, and they love the characters 
she has a citywide scavenger hunt with the characters and she'll put it up in any city. She did it during COVID and we sent our kids, we told them where to go and they went on a scavenger hunt to find the characters. Um, they love the consonant play, which is an action verb book, the picture find book they love where they have to hunt for the pictures that begin with that consonant. I think if you ask them what they would say is it's fun. Okay. I think they would all tell you who their favorite character was. We have what we call flashlight Friday and they have little flashlights that fit on their fingers and I turn all the lights off and they read their books with their flashlight under the desks or on the floor or wherever they want really. <laughs> um, and so they, but they all have different books. So sometimes when we do flashlight Friday, we'll bring out all the books and instead of reading to themselves, they read to each other mm -hmm. and they love that. Oh my gosh. Allison, you make us all want to be back in kindergarten with those. Well, you know, everything you needed to ever learn, you learned <laughs> in kindergarten. That's true. That's true. So how nice for you that you have found this resource that suddenly has made you love to teach reading after all these years of not wanting to and not liking to and not yes. feeling good about it. What a gift. So now there's nothing I don't love teaching. So, And I think it's really because I never felt like I was really good at teaching reading. I never felt like I was, I had great success stories like I did in math. I felt like I was a good math teacher. I felt like the kids loved math. I felt like when they left, they understood all the math concepts we had gone over. And I didn't really feel like that with reading. And now I do. That is such a testimony of what a high quality resource can do in a classroom. Yes. You can find Express Readers linked in the episode notes, or just go straight to edcuration.com where you'll find all kinds of new and innovative instructional resources. EdCuration has done all the research for you. On each provider page, you'll find an overview, pricing and implementation information, efficacy research and standards alignment documents, and ratings and reviews from other educators. You can request a demo, ask a question, or take and keep notes right on the provider page. Saving your favorite resources to your dashboard allows you to create comparison spreadsheets in one click. Finding, assessing, and procuring instructional resources has never been faster or easier. If you have a resource you'd like to share with our audience on the EdCuration podcast, contact us through our website or leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And we hope you'll join us again next week to reshape learning with Ed Curation.